So today we sat down with Dwayne Donner. Dwayne is the founder and CEO uh, of an investment uh, banking firm in Birmingham, Alabama called Founders Advisors. They have a great team of folks, great, great uh, service that they get. They provide to business owners who want uh, to learn how to sell their business. And also they help take their business to market, especially, and Dwayne goes into this a little bit, especially in the, the area of bringing in new capital, recapitalizing their companies for different growth objectives. And so that's, he, he does a great job with that, a great team. But you'll also get to hear in this episode about the Heritage Forum and what the Lord put on his heart in, in, in ways, an opportunity through the forum to bless other leaders and, and people in, in his life that uh, he recognizes as, as how do I pour into them? How do I give them opportunities? And the Heritage Forum is about what are you doing with kind of the second half of your life? You know, you kind of, you got things going on and you're living that life and you're ready to, to instill in your team and in your, your, your family those things that uh, are most important for the legacy, for the, for the, for the life to, for you to be able to, to leave your folks with uh, a a lasting legacy. And and so through the heritage forum, he's got great stories and great opportunities to, to bless other people. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, The video is in two parts. Uh, You'll see me here on, on a video at the end and in the same outfit. So that we ran out of time initially with Dwayne. And so we've kind of brought in the, the final part of the clip in there. So thanks for joining this video. Appreciate uh, you joining us on the three wins podcast. And we look forward to any feedback you have on the comments with, uh, on the conversation with Dwayne Donner and uh, look forward to having you on the next, being a part of the next podcast and listening in and uh, learning with us as we talk with some of these great leaders. Hello again. My name is Russ Clemmer. I'm the president at Legacy Advisory Partners, and we do this thing called the Three Wins Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, today I have the great gentleman, Dwayne Donner, founder and CEO at Founders Advisors in Birmingham, Alabama. He's a, a Bayou native, and I'm sure we get to hear a little bit about, uh, about that, his background and, and uh, his experience in life and family and leadership and all those great things. Dwayne, appreciate you being here on the show with us today. And I look forward to hearing some of the things that you, you have on your mind and some of your experiences and, and sharing those with the audience. Thank you, Russ. Well, delighted to be here, man. Well, yeah. So, so, you know, as people listen and hear, they'll kind of hear a little bit of your accent. And, and you know, yeah. first time I met you, it was, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time. I grew up in South Carolina. There are not a lot of Bayou fellows in South Carolina. Every now and again, there, there would be one that would drift over. But uh, since I've moved to Georgia, I've met quite a few and appreciate some of the stories and different different life growing up on the coast. I grew up on the coast of South Carolina. It's nothing like growing up on the coast in the Gulf. So I know you guys have different uh, experiences and things. And so, you know, sharing a little bit about what you guys do. I know y'all are investment bankers there at, at Founders, right? And you've been in that business for 20-something well, years? Yeah, a little over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So you've seen a, a couple of things here and there, good experiences, bad experience, life lessons and things like that. Hope, hopefully we can dig into some of that today. But just to start with, tell us, tell, tell the audience a little bit about your background and you know where you come from and who your family is and yeah. who you got in your life today. Yeah, man. <clears throat> well, appreciate the opportunity just to share. And yeah, I, I do think 
where we come from and kind of the history is important. In fact, so much so that, you know, we started this thing called the Heritage Forum. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, where we come from and our heritage has a lot to do with what shapes kind of our our legacy. So it is important. But, you know, in brief, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana, got, had great parents, great family, kind of grew up in that, you know, you know, down there, you know, a lot of Catholic culture, you know, you know, and, and, and learned a lot. I mean, basically, you know, as far as my career, I, you know, had got a degree in engineering and I went to work for my father-in-law right out of school. And he, he had, he's very entrepreneurial. I grew up around a lot of entrepreneurs. That was very entrepreneurial community. Yeah. I fit Louisiana back in the day, do the oil field and just, just kind of the, the culture and, you know, I had this entrepreneurial spirit. I watched my, my, my father-in-law build a company from nothing to, you know, really ultimately was, you know, a billion dollar business. And when I was working there <clears throat> right out of college as a young engineer, you know, he, he actually is an amazing story, but built that company through several circumstances, you know, which, because in the oil field, you have a lot of cycles and it can boom and boom. And he he was just a very intuitive guy. He's still alive today and one of my mentors. But, you know, we actually went through a cycle where he had done some acquisitions. I, I didn't even know what investment banking was back then. And I really didn't enjoy engineering. It was something my dad encouraged me to do. It was a good background. But we, we ended up taking, or he ended up taking his company public on the heels of almost going bankrupt in the, in the downturn of, you know, 90. And... I got to see all that firsthand and it was so exciting. And, you know, I, in terms of the investment banking side, watching what those guys did and, and learning about it, it really planted the seed. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, you know, get into this industry. But but I had a stint as an entrepreneur before I went into investment banking back right you know back in the after I got an MBA in fact that's how I ended up in Alabama <coughs> I ended up going to get my MBA now and then started a company a food a Cajun food manufacturing distribution business back in we started that I started that business in 95 and you know learned learned a lot of things I tell people I got a MBA of hard knocks you know in that four years that I owned that company and, and then that led me, once I, I got out of that business, sold it and kind of, you know, for a lot of reasons, and that was part of my testimony and really kind of led me to, to, to Christ. You know, I really, I, I went through this born again experience when I was 33. I'm 53 now. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. And a lot of that was, you know, you know, basically influenced by my business, you know, wins and losses, you know, and, and things along the way. But and then, and, and I got in this business in around, I think, 2000, around 2000. And then I started Founders in 2003. And so we've been, you know, working as founders for 18 years. And it's been awesome. And we, 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 and I feel like we're just getting started. We, we got a long way to go, but we've been very blessed and really have been able to, because of what I went through in my first businesses and, you know, I really didn't invite God into those businesses, uh-huh. you know, cause I really wasn't in a, in a, in a walk with God. I mean, I, you know, I, I knew of God and, 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 
you know, had a had a faith, but really wasn't in relationship with the Lord. But then, you know, I got I got born again in 2001 and started this business 2003. And really, when I had the opportunity to start this business, God redeemed so many things. But said, hey, I really want this to be a platform for for life and ministry, and and, and invited God to to really be the, the owner of our business and me be a steward. So it's been a whole different experience and it's been, you know, not, not that we haven't had our challenges because we have, it's been a, a, just an amazing 18 years and we're very excited about where we are today and, and what, what the future holds. So that, that's a little bit of kind of the background to yeah know, where I am. I, I have a wife been married 30 years on the personal side Married my high school sweetheart, been knowing her since I was 14. And I've got three daughters. Two of them are grown and married. One of them's a senior in high school. So we're nearly empty now. Six grandkids. And, you know, so man, life is rich because we, we got a lot of blessings. Yeah, I was reading in reading in Psalm 127. Talks about the, the, the blessings of a full quiver. Yeah, well, we got a good quiver. And yeah, you know, one of the things I've learned, you know, it's a little side note is, you know, I got great kids, great son in laws. <clears throat> they all, you know, know the Lord. But I try, I say, I don't, you know, I'd love to have the more the better. So, you know, I, I implemented a little grand, grandchild incentive program. Kids, <laughs> like, I never want one to be a reason you don't have more kids. So, so we, we, we give them a little bonus every year for the, every every kid they have to get a little bit more bonus because um, I, I want them to keep reproducing. I like that. I want that quiver as full as it can be. So you were, you're already well-versed in the incentive program before we, we came along to help you a little bit in that area, huh? Yeah. I love it. The, the, okay. Well, so... I'd love to hear that's more. A, that's the that. three wins. That's the three wins on the other side. That's the three that that needs to be a book in and of itself. That's right. I'm gonna have to take a note on that thing. I I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come back to that. Well, I got a whole philosophy on that, and you know, I I don't believe Keep going. Yeah, I don't believe. Well, I just don't believe. I, I'm I'm very careful about you know, and I've learned this through a lot of you know basically through my following a lot of things over the years studied it i think we got to be real careful about how much we give our kids in terms of transfer of wealth yeah because um, i think you can really handicap your 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 kids if you if you're not smart about it just like in a business if you if you give too much too fast you can handicap a business with their best intentions but i do believe that there, there are things, you know, that we can do that, that really are kind of, they're not going to be life-changing in terms of, you know, either, you know, and with our families and our kids that really make up, make an incremental difference at the right times. We all know that, you know, my experience is, you know, when, when you, you know, are in the biggest strain of your life, raising kids, building a career and all that, that's really, Many times when you don't have enough resource to to do certain things and it and it can hamstring you and just so trying to find that balance where it's not, you know, you don't you don't ever want to take away the opportunity and the ambition and and the you know what God's called people to, but 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 just having that incremental 
extra can make life so much better some of these seasons of life. So just really trying to, just like y'all do, trying to find that intersection of win, 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 where you're not creating an issue, but but you're also, you know, creating great incentives for people to, to live a wholesome life and, and live to the full. So that that's, again, that that's a broad overview. There's a lot more details on that, but I think that's just, again, instead of giving people a big, your kids some big lump sum of money, it's like give them some incremental, you know, smaller pieces along the way that, you know, help help incent them to 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 you know to grow and 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 a lot of that's just trying to you know give them what they need to do things that are godly and our kids are all for that you know that we said look we're not gonna leave much money but we're gonna give you some inheritance but but we sure want you we never want you to not go to that jh ranch thing with your kid or you know go on that trip with your husband or spouse where you know your enrichment or whatever that's going to help you grow because of money yeah yeah well and in you know to quote to quote uh forrest gump you know month you know don't have to worry about money anymore it's just one less thing and in uh, and, and sometimes you know there, there's a there's a broad spectrum of folks that you know they're thinking about it every day because they don't know where the next dollar is going to come from Right. And then there's the the another spectrum of folks who, you know, they have some extra <laughs> or a lot extra. And that's kind of what we talk about in the, the three wins model is, is, you know, not how you can just get more money and not how you can just make more profit, not how you can just, you know, give more money to the people that help you, you know, make the company successful. The three wins is designed to say, what are we doing with the money? What are we doing with the opportunity in this business? What are we doing with the opportunity to be a good steward of, of the entire store? And that includes all the stakeholders in the business, that includes all the vendors, that includes all the relationships that that business entity has. How are you managing those things? And I, I love the idea of the, the three wins on the personal side. We hadn't gone down that road, but you're way ahead of us on that. And that, that's, that's awesome. I really love that idea. Let me pause for just a second and go back to the Cajun food distribution business. Yeah. Out of all the different, you, you have an engineering background, you work with a, <laughs> you work with an energy company, oil, oil, oil related, you know, oil business company. How did you get in? I know you, I know, but the audience doesn't know you have a passion for Cajun food and food in general. How did you get it? Why did you get into that business how did you choose that? Yeah. Well, among all I have a very un- unconventional, but, you know, I've always had a passion for, for since I was a young, you know, young man. I mean, like a kid grew up, my, my grandfather had tremendous influence on me, probably the most, I mean, anybody in my life. He was a Cajun man, just great guy, entrepreneurial, had several businesses, but, you know, I mean, that heritage is very rich. And, and and really just, you know, hunting and fishing and living off the land and cooking and all that. And I loved all that. And I, you know, growing up, I was just so intrigued by it. And of course, you know, I learned that, you know, if you have a passion and then you can kind of leverage that into a business, then you really got something. Mm. So as I was, you know, and I never had a passion for engineering. I wasn't even that good at it. It was, you know, I'm, it served me well to learn 
you know, that whole mindset of solving problems and being kind of a systematic thinker and, you know, process and all that. And so that served me well in business because I think that way, but I was trained to think that way, but, you know, I, I just loved food and I'm, I was always trying to see, well, what are the opportunities? And I saw <clears throat> when I was growing up, you know, I, down in Louisiana, I, down the street from us, they had this little Cajun specialty meat shop called A Bear Specialty Meats. And they had really innovated some really cool value-added products that they were selling. And I, I was, you know, just really intrigued by it. And I watched, literally watched their business go from a little bitty nothing business. So they were, they were, they were sending this stuff all over the country. And and it was such a great product. They, they'd make these kind of boneless stuffed chickens and things. And, and you know, they were pre-seasoned and, and, and ready to stick in the oven. I'd take people hunting when I was working for Global. And I'd stop by that place and get a couple of those things and go down to the hunting camp. And I'd throw those in the oven while we're out hunting in the afternoon, come back. You'd slice these things up. And these guys, these customers thought I was the best chef in the world and I let them believe it too and you know <laughs> and then this stuff was phenomenal and I was like man and then of course when I was in MBA school I was looking what was I always wanted to start my own business and as I did market studies and I took an entrepreneurial venture class there was a huge trend going on back in those days that was kind of new and it was this concept of the home meal replacement where people kind of were moving because of dual incomes and the way the trends were moving away from cooking at home and simple, simple eating to, to, to moving, you know, a lot more buying prepared meals, eating out, but wanted wholesome foods that had more ethnic flair because the palate was growing. So th this, this product like fit exactly into that, yeah. that, that trend. And, and so I said, well, look, you know, so basically I built the business model around it and said, look, if I can, take this product because these guys were great innovators, but they were very narrow in you know, how they were distributing. They were doing mail order and stuff. And I, I actually tried to buy their business. Of course, I didn't have any money. Um, and they, they didn't want to sell it. I tried to franchise and all that, but I said, well, I'm going to create my own. And, and I built one. I said, you know, I believe I can take this thing national. So I had a big vision and, and a lot of ambition. And, and we, we, we had a really good run at it. You know, but but that's really part of my testimony because, you know, I really, you know, as a young, ambitious man that wasn't connected to the vine of Christ, I really, you know, there's that verse and I think it's Proverbs 16, 25 that says there's a way that seems right to a man that leads to death. And I took off like a banshee and, you know, I woke up about four years later and I'm about to lose my wife. I had no relationship with my kids. And it was a bad day. And my wife pretty much told me, you know, if you don't sell this business or do something different, I'm leaving. You gave me an ultimatum at the time. It was very painful. I was very angry, but it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because it was, I was in a very dysfunctional, bad place, just chasing this American dream. But, you know, really it was doing a tremendous amount of damage uh, because I was lost, you know, and I, I didn't have, I wasn't tempered by the Holy Spirit. So that's part of my testimony. I learned a ton. I would have probably never been able to do what I do now without that experience. But it was it was a painful experience. But God redeems all this. I was talking to somebody yesterday. The beauty of that was 
when I came to Christ in, in, in 2001, I, I actually started a, a ministry called Cooking for the King. And I was able to take all those skills I learned, which was, you know, a lot of really, you know, cool skills. And, 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 and I fed thousands, tens of thousands of people, you know, in the name of Christ for years, I had this ministry. So I was able to use all those skills to do that. And then of course, it, it really, you know, led me to a whole different perspective when I started Founders. And so it was, you know, like, like, you know, like we know that God uses all things for for good, for those who love him, called according to his purpose. He's a redemptive God, but, you know, you know we got we to come back to baseline. Thank, thank. Yeah. So there's founders and then there's investment bankers. Yeah. And you all have a different approach. And in, in the way you founded Founders Advisors is in, in the name itself has got people like you that have been through this and have gone through this and <laughs> done, you know, done different things. So, you know, just kind of update, you know, the, the, the listener who may or may not have a background and, and understand, you know, the, the, the investment banking world, kind of give a brief overview of what you do with clients and what kind of clients you, you work with. And yeah. I mean, investment banking is a big term and there's a lot of, there's a lot of dimensions of investment banking. Really what we're a, we're a piece of the investment banking concept. You know, if you had to describe us, we're more like a, you know, I don't really like the word boutique, but a, a specialized, you know, service shop. So mainly what we do is we do mostly sell-side advisory for lower middle market companies. And what that means is we generally help, and lower middle market companies are companies that follow kind of, you know, 250 million and below. I mean, you know, people don't understand that, but, you know, the middle market's like, you know, so it's not little bitty companies, but it's most companies that are privately held. Our average deal size is about 50 million. We work with a lot of companies, 10 to 100 million in revenue. And, and we <clears throat> essentially, and most of our, most of our clients are founder-based companies. In other words, they're not private equity owned. You know, that's a different type of business. They're, they're kind of pre-private equity and they're trying to get to that institutional grade. And so we, we've got a lot of experience in helping these companies, one, understand how to position their businesses for the capital markets, because there's a market out there, the private equity capital markets that is institutional. And most of these companies are, you know, trying to sell into that. So most of what we do is help companies basically sell into that market either through a recapitalization with private equity where you know selling some or all of their business or strategic buyers. And we do that through a, a very disciplined process market. It's not kind of like taking a company public, the same process, but we're taking a company to the private capital markets. And 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 it's a it's a very nuanced custom process because most business owners have never done it. They don't understand it. And it, so we have to be very sensitive because businesses are living, breathing things. It's very personal. Handhold them, do a lot of education, walk them through. It's a very emotional process. And what I like to say is we take a very sophisticated, you know, process and, and, and we have a great teams we've built customized for this and, 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 and execute this process with a very relational and you know approach and using Southern hospitality. So we do it in a way that 
most investment bankers or M&A guys, if you do it at the bulk, it's very transactional and it's very high finance and it's very, and, and we find that, you know, most guys that build companies, they, they don't want to do a transaction. They, they want to, you know, this is much more than that. So we take a very values-based approach and, 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 and really trying to walk the people through it and not just go get a deal done, but trying to get the right deal with the right people and, and trying to have the win, 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 like y'all do. I mean, if the, if the, if the seller who's our client is not delighted and the buyer's not happy and, you know, then you don't really, you gotta, everybody's gotta win. And, 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 and that's so important to us. Now, again, we want our client to, to win the most. And we, that's where we create value because we end up through the process on average, you know, and, and there's a whole kind of set of data on this. We increase the value to market probably, you know, on average 20 plus percent. So if you got a business that's, you know, yeah, you know, say, you know, $5 million EBITDA and, you know, that, that business is going to trade for, let's say, you know, eight times $40 million business, you know, on average, we're going to be able to increase that value probably five to $10 million through a process, competitive process, finding the right buyers, which is very mean. And then we get paid, you know, a piece of that in terms of, you know, our fee. So that, that we, I mean, not that there's not a lot of great smart people in our business, but, but we've worked from day one to say, we're not going to be like the, the typical investment banker where you're out there just kind of as a hired gun to go transact. We're going to be, we're going to put together world-class teams that are, you know, best of breed, but we're going to take a very personalized approach and, and, you know, make sure that at the end of the day, our clients know that they've been well-served, but we've done it with, you know, a, a very personal and relational approach. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> you know, anytime, anytime you're taking a, a founder or a group of owners, even though, you know, in our experience, we work with seasoned executives who have gone out and started their own business. We, we work with people who used to work with, you know, somebody and said, I can do it as good or better. They went out and started their own business. You know, somebody yeah. that, you know, used to dig ditches and, in in you know, footer holes. And they said, you know what, I'm gonna go start my own construction company. And they've gone through all the ups and downs and everything else. And it's just that business is a part of them, just like one of their kids. Yeah, that's right. Blood and sweat and tears. And, and, you know, it's not a kid, but it's still something that, that, you know, means a whole lot to you. And most of these owners, I bet that you work with, they only sell a business once. Yeah, most of them. There are some in like technology that are on you know, serial entrepreneurs. Sure. Most of these guys do it once or they or we do a lot of recaps where they, they do a deal and we're generally on the first deal. Then they get a private equity partner and then they'll do another deal, you know, in the private equity. They may do two or three. We've had clients that have done, you know, three or four as they follow that company as it grows. In fact, sure. we just had one that, you know, great success story that, that in fact, I was in Dallas with the having the event with the buyers, but a company up in Huntsville, great company, DH Marine. And we did a recap <clears throat> with the family. It's a family business, third generation. But we did a recap about two and a half years ago. And they they just 
signed a deal with a, a group and it was a phenomenal deal. It was kind of quicker than we thought, but I mean, they've, they've like tripled the business. And, you know, and that management team who we know is going to saddle up and ride another round. So they're, they're very yep. basic. But we were the first deal they ever did. We educated them on the whole process and yep. helped them find the, the right buyer. And it, it really was a. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the education and, and you know, having met some of your guys and, and understanding, you know, the, the quality of the, the mind, but also that you guys focus on you know, raising up and, and, and finding people who are, who are sensitive and, and understand the, the, the person sitting on the other side of the table is, is an important thing. And you don't just don't see that in most of these firms, but, but the, through some of that, and, and I'll list in the, in the notes below on this video to the other podcast I did with Zane, where he went through his 17 reasons, your company is not investment grade. And kind of how y'all walk companies through that. And you also have, you know, you also have a opportunity for folks who want to learn more about the process and right. go through an, through an assessment, correct? Yeah. In fact, we just, we've invested heavily in this assessment tool that we've been rolling out where, you know, we've codified all this experience into, you know, a hundred question that companies can take and kind of build a baseline and really across 10 different categories that, you know, the market looks at and, and then kind of hone in because it's, it's weighted, you know, relative to what's the most value drivers, but, you know, helps them assess their business relative to the market. Am I investment grade? What are the things I can work on to make my company better? Yeah. Whether you're looking at a, a market process or not, it really helps improve the value of your company from, from a market perspective, which by the way, is the foundation of a lot of owners don't see it from that perspective, but you know, it, the market is very smart about, cause it's all about risk mitigation. And as you take away risk in a business, that's good for the owner today. That's good for the potential future buyer. And that makes the price go up. And so, yeah, we've put that together. We're excited about it and we're rolling that out. And really that that's a value add that we offer to, companies, you know, and right now we don't even charge for it. I mean, there's a value to it, but generally we're kind of in this state giving it complimentary to help companies. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually we may have a, a charge for it, but because it's so value added to help them continue to position their businesses and, and have a baseline. It's like going to the doctor and getting an annual physical and getting all these markers on your blood and your blood pressure and all this and kind of going, okay, you know, here's optimal health. Here's where you are. What do we need to be doing to try to get to, you know, kind of more optimal health for your age and, and having an annual checkup on that and continue to tweak it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll put that assessment tool, uh, a description of that and some information on that yeah. and, and the 17 reasons. Cause I think that's the, that's the biggest question that pops into somebody's mind is, you know, how to start the process they can call somebody but they, you know to turn around and in your mind say well i'm ready to sell and i'm, I'm gonna kind of go through this thing and then be told well i'm not investment grade you know yeah. that, that's a that's a completely different kind of uh reality check and and you know sometimes that's, that's good to be able to go through that ahead of time a couple of years ahead well, of no, time there's never a case i've ever seen where it's not tremendously valuable mm -hmm. 
to start that process well ahead of when you're ready. Most founder-based companies are not at a place to sell and ready to, to do a deal and maximize value just, you know, because. I mean, like, yeah. you know, very rarely if they, and so it's never too early to start that process. And by the way, the thing I continue to try to highlight is whether you want to do a deal in a year, five years, or, you know, never, that process is going to be value added to increasing the the value of their business for you, not for yeah. the person who's going to, because you're going to have a better business that produces more cash flow and has less risk. So, but as you do that, you're going to have way more options and your business is going to work, be worth a lot more. And, and you're going to have a much, a much quicker and higher probability, you know, of a good outcome. If you, if you do decide, if somebody comes knocking and you've done this, you know, you're in a much better position. And so anyway, we, so we think it's good for any company. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the, the, what we talk about is what are the things that, that you want to improve on in case you sell one day, right? But a lot of times you build a business and it's a nice, really nice business to have. And you really like it after you've gone through these steps and it's kind of, well, that's not so bad. Why would I want to sell it? You know, this is a, right. this is a nice thing. So that's a you really want to transition it to your family or your employee. Yeah. We're doing the same thing in our business. You know, we're building our business. So we have the option. I mean, I don't intend to sell our company, but I'm not saying I might, I might not, but you know, we're intending today to, to transition it to our next, you know, sell it basically to our next level of leaders that are growing up. But what, you know, we're going to build it. So we, we have all kinds of options, you know, because yeah. For a better company, yeah, it's nice to it's nice to have something that is sellable, right? If if the if the need or the occasion you know came around, but at the same time, it's also nice, and it and it doesn't have to be mutually ex exclusive. You build something that's nice to pass on to right. the next generation of leadership and ownership, but it's also <laughs> nice to have something that you could sell to the market at the same time. Yeah, we that's support, nice. and, and that's that's really the three wins in in you know, as you guys have done, getting as many people in that owner-minded, owner-mindedness approach is right. really important. And having the opportunity to, to bring people in and be able to say, hey, you know, not today, but maybe in the future, how are you, what's the owner-mindedness that you need to grow into? Because there's nobody that thinks about a company in those, you know, early hours of the morning or late hours at the, of the evening, you know, in the middle of the night, when you wake up at 3 a.m., something pop, there's no, nobody that thinks about a business like the owner or the owners. Right. So how do you get, how do you move people along? And those are great employees and you got to keep them. Right. Great employees and you got to keep them. Yeah. That's um, one of the challenges in our industry and a lot of industries is, you know, there's a tremendous demand for these talented employees. So, you know, you yeah. Know, really work hard to, to make sure you keep them around because we invest a ton in them. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's nice to be able to let people participate in the success of the company. You know, these are bright guys and, and they could work, you know, a lot of different places, but what, what are you, what are you trying to create that, that, you know, what's the difference at founders, not for the, just the business owner, but for the person coming in and, and you building your team. Yeah. Well, we honestly, 
think more about that than than we probably think about you know who who we're serving because we believe if we if we get the right this business is all about people so if we if we if we recruit train and retain the best people we're going to provide the best service to our clients and we focus very heavily on building first of all getting the right people and that there's a ton that goes into that right it's the smartest people we we've got some of the best and brightest from across the country and we're we're getting better and better at that we've got we hiring these analysts we were just going through we had you know we're going to some of the best schools definitely the best schools in the south I and mean, we, we and we're you know getting some guys from the north if you know, some of these ivy league schools which we're not so excited about per se but we've had several I mean, generally guys from the south that went to ivy league schools but you know it's more like the southern ivy league schools the vanderbilts and the you know wnls and all those places but and a lot of the you know southeastern conference schools the georgias and the Ole misses that have great talent and armors and all that but you know we we we've had i mean right now we've got we got a whole program for, for recruiting and we had, I think almost 300 applicants and these are best and brightest to fill, you know, we're probably going to hire six analysts <clears throat> that we're, we're actually already extending offers to. So it's a very competitive process. We built a, a great pipeline and we, we're, we're really evaluating these guys. Yeah, of course, on their grades and their, you know, their intellect, and we have a lot of ways to do that, but we're, we're really trying to hone in on what is their value system. Yeah. It's got to resonate to what ours is. And, and by the way, that either is very attractive to them or, or, or it's not. And if it's, and it's not, we try to very quickly, you know, make sure we're, you know, they know who we are and what we're about. And if, you know, if they're attracted to it, it's great. If they're not, then that's fine too, because then it's easy. Yeah. So we start there. And then of course we in a lot of energy and that's part of a lot of my job is to, to, to build and reinforce our, 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 you know, culture, which is our, you know, vision, mission, values, purpose, our purpose, which we get most excited about. And this is very authentic. It's literally what, probably, you know, gives me the most fulfillment at this stage of my life is, you know, growing leaders with the right values and, and, and building lasting relationships. I believe that's a, that's a God thing, you know, it's in a, it's a, it's a kingdom thing. And so I see it from that perspective, which is really what encourages me, not to mention it's a ton of fun to watch these young guys grow up, not just grow up professionally because they're superstars from that perspective, but also as just people with great values that can really have an impact, you know, on, on, on our, you know, our, our community and on the kingdom. And it's just so exciting to see these guys and their potential. So that, that's where we spent a ton of time on that. And we're very intentional about how we, you know, do what we do in terms of how we, you know, build the culture and, and within our office, reinforce that culture on a weekly basis with things yeah. like founders fundamentals that we talk about every week. Once a month, we, we really hone in. I got one of our guys will, you know, by memory in front of the whole team and our all hands kind of, 
you know, they have to know and recite, be able to recite our vision, mission, values, purpose. And then we, we really work to reinforce these values by, you know, highlighting them and talking about these founders. We have 25 founders fundamentals, like the one we just talked about with one of our teammates this week. We rotate through them as, you know, this concept of, of showing greats, you know, in, in the concept okay. is, to, you know, we, we, we've been shown grace, so we need to show grace. And everybody loves grace. And, you know, what does it look like to be gracious? And, and I remember, look, we're going to make mistakes and you're, we're going to have grace. We're not going to try to be in a place where you feel like people are not for you. And if you make a mistake, they're trying to beat you. At the same time, we have a value of excellence. So you can make a mistake. The key is we have to... As a leader, you have to make sure they understand they made a mistake. You have to confront that mistake in a gracious manner. And then you have to ensure that we don't make that mistake twice. You make it the first time, there's going to be tons of grace. The second time, you know, the, the grace wanes a little bit. And it's like, hey, you know, what do we need to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? By the third time, you know, the grace is kind of, weren't wearing down because it's like we can't make the same mistakes over again that's called being a fool and you know so trying to help them understand the context we want to be gracious but we're not going to just tolerate making a bunch of mistakes over and over again because if you do that you probably don't fit within our culture because we, we have a culture of excellence we don't we don't tolerate making the same mistake over and over again yeah and, yeah. and so having a good mindset on that is part of our culture. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's a fool, but everybody wants to be around somebody who has grace. And, 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 and that's just an example of, you know, how we really try to build out our culture, not just these words, but what does it look like? And, and, and trying to demonstrate that lead by example, but but at the same time, go and this this is not a place you're going to come. And just because we have strong values and they're based on Christian principles, where you know you're going to be able to skate through here. We got a bunch of high high producers, intense intense guys, and like you know, if you're not with the program, you you know the culture's not going to allow you to stick around because this is. I tell people this is like this is like when you join the army. <clears throat> All the you know going through all army training is tough, but you know when you when you join the Ranger Battalion, you special forces. That's a whole nother level. And like this is what this is. This yeah. is not the regular army. This is like the special forces. And if you ain't special force grade, you are probably gonna wash out. You know. Yeah, and, and and so this is all really great to the extent that you know folks can see those fundamentals. <laughs> I think is is really good and. You know, it, it, I used to hear a pastor talk about, you know, you can put lipstick on a pig all you want to, but at the end of the day, it's still a pig. Right. And if, and if you, if you don't, if you don't have that heart to express those fundamentals and to be held accountable and to want to be a part of a vision, if you don't even know what the vision is, you, you know, you can't even re recite it, then that's a problem, you know? Right. And, and, and you can you can throw values all over the place. You can put them up on the wall. You can do all these different things. But if at the core of the business, if the culture is not healthy 
And if it's not strong, those values are just lipstick on a pig. And, right. and customers experience that and, and people experience that. And, you know, the fact that you guys have, you know, pretty good retention rate is a big deal. Yeah, keep, we have real, know, real high. For people. our industry, we have very high retention. And it's a lot about our culture. You know, these young guys love our culture. We work very hard to, you know, have the level of intensity and excellence. Yeah. That you want, but at the same time, trying to balance that and give these guys a quality of life that's sustainable. I mean, our industry is known for just beating people up and kind of burning them out. And it's almost like hazing these young guys. And we don't believe in that. We don't believe in making it easy for them, but we're not going to intentionally make somebody's life hard just because, you know, because we can, or that's kind of what, you know, people did to us. And so there's a lot that goes into that. And yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, <laughs> that's at what point over the last 20 years did with, with all these kind of, you know, stair-stepping experiences and layered experiences you've been a part of, at what point did that translate into the forum, the heritage forum? What, what was that? What was that moment where you said, this is an idea I have. How'd you get it going? Yeah. Well, I mean, that culminated probably about seven years ago. It's always been on my heart. But as I got older, I'm 53, kind of got in my mid-40s. You start thinking, you know, not, not just as a leader, kind of linearly, you start thinking from kind of an exponential, you know, reproducing. You start thinking more generational. I mean, I mean I'm starting to have grandkids. It's a natural progression. And you start to understand, like, how do I multiply what God's done to me? And I love sharing what, you know, what God's done. And, and especially when there's all this upside. So, you know, it really, I, I hired this coach. I think we all should have coaches. In fact, y'all have coached us. No matter how good you are, professional athletes that are at the top of their game have great coaches. Yep. Can't, you, you, you know, it's not a weakness. It's how do we get better? And I hired a coach, Coach Phil, who's been just a dear friend. And he helped kind of draw out of me really clarity on my purpose. You know, right now, my life purpose, Dwayne Donner, is to invest in and to connect high-capacity leaders to multiply for kingdom purpose. And I felt like I had a lot in this in my platform, in this business, to offer there. And that kind of led me to, Hey, I love hosting events. I, mean, I have a gift of hospitality. It's part of who we are, you know, and, and I think there's something very valuable about getting away to an undistracted environment with a group of guys and connecting. So that kind of led me to putting together this heritage forum. And, and, and we started doing it about, I think five years ago, you know, and, 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 and again, I, I just felt led to do that, to add value to people that can multiply and, and, and kind of invest seed in, into what I call high capacity leaders that I know, you know, if God puts that vision on their heart and they get the right vision can be force multipliers, you know, to multiply for the kingdom. And I see the return on that. The eternal rate of return is very high. And yeah, that, that's what we've been doing. It, it's been exciting and I enjoy it. You know, it's like, man, I had a guy come up to me, really high capacity guy that works one of the leaders at Chick-fil-A went through and he was like, man, this has been life changing for me. 
And he goes, I'm so grateful. And like, like his implant, he goes, you must be worn out. This is, you know, I said, no, dude, like I'm energized. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired. I've been pouring into people, but like, this gives me energy. So this isn't, this isn't a got to, this is a get to Yeah. do this. And so that, that's just kind of, you know, how God's led us in that. And it's, you know, I don't know where God's taking us, but it's been a fun process and, you know, I'm excited about where we are and we're getting better at it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. What, what are some of the, what are some of the most common areas that you've been able to kind of see of improvement in these different leaders? What are some of the, what are some of the most common themes through the heritage forum that you're able to present <laughs> and train up these, these uh, different leaders in? So Dwayne, you, before we were uh, cut off on the last video, We'd run out of time. We were just getting going on the discussion of the Heritage Forum, which is something that's is kind of a, a been, a been a dream of yours for a long time and something the Lord put on your heart. And really what you were kind of building into, you know, it, it, from your own experiences and different things going on. So just share with the audience a little bit now about where the idea came from, what, what, what you had in mind and some of the things that led you to kind of put that together and, and, where it is now and where you see it going in the future. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I mean, really the heritage form is just kind of an outflow of what God's been doing in my life over the last 20 years. And some of the experiences I've had, um, <clears throat> actually out here, I'm actually out at Purcell Farms. I just finished up a conference called the Kingdom Conference. And so if you hear some background noise, that's what that is. <laughs> But, but God's done a bunch of great work in our lives, my life out here over the years. And really, like I said, the Heritage Forum is just an outflow of, you know, abiding in God and him showing me things that really have had a huge impact on me and mm -hmm. my, my desire to want to share that with other men because I saw the fruit. And so that's what started it about six years ago. You know, I was meeting with my coach, Coach Phil, talking about my purpose which is personal purposes to, you know, invest in and, and connect high capacity leaders for kingdom, to multiply for kingdom purpose. And as we started to explore that and my giftings and the things that I was kind of seeing God do, I said, hey man, I'd love to share this with other men. What does that look like? And basically, you know, I said, well, let's do it at Purcell Farms. That's a great venue. And, and what we can do is invite these, you know, high capacity leaders, some of these guys I know, and kind of test run it. And we did. And really, it, it you know, it was it had an impact on these guys. And we then started kind of refining it. And over the last five years, it's it's really turned into, you know, gotten better and better. And really just a place where we basically invite high capacity leaders that generally are approaching their second half of life. And God's kind of blessed them in business and they have a heart towards kingdom and they want to learn and grow. And we basically well, equip them and educate them and inspire them to live in their vision purpose. I mean, in their kingdom purpose, we try to help them develop a, a kingdom vision because we know without vision, people perish. And, and as guys get successful in the second part of life, many times they lose kind of their vision and and they start just kind of going to the way of the world and we think there's a big opportunity for them to to connect with their kingdom vision what God has for them and really have a, a lasting impact that's a generational type things 
And so that's a lot of what we're doing. Heritage is, you know, people talk about legacy. Of course, y'all's company's legacy and we love legacy, but, but legacy is kind of in the future. It's what happens after you're gone. But, but today is our, I say we live heritage today. What we're doing today is really what turns into our legacy. So are we living a godly heritage? Do we have a vision for that? Have we yeah. shared that with our families? Yeah. And, you know, and, and are we living generationally? Because I think that's what God calls us to. And really that's, that's the purpose of our heritage forum is to help men step into that and equip them with <clears throat> tools and testimonies that can really help them, you know, live to the full. And I, and I love, you know, the verse 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It's kind of one of the theme verses that just talks about basically, you know, using what God's given us to make a kingdom impact. And that really is living an abundant life and living a life that's truly life. So, so the first year, how many guys did you have in attendance? I mean, again, we, 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 we kind of decided, I think the first form we had about 20, 23 guys that attended. And we decided at that point that we would do two a year. Okay. And we didn't want more than 25 people, 25 participants. Gotcha. So we have, <clears throat> we have about 10 leaders. Yeah. Which David Harper is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. We generally try to get 20 high capacity leaders. We, we, we generally won't invite more than 25 because we're trying to keep it intimate and really the venue we use and the way we do it, it, it creates a lot of connectivity yeah, at that yeah. size. So we, we've ministered now. To, we've, I think we've had about eight of these or maybe nine of them. And so we've, we've ministered to, you know, 250 high-capacity leaders. And we're looking at, there's people, you know, looking at expanding to other cities or doing more of these. So we'll see what God has in store. But, you know, we're planting good seed and good soil. And just yeah. trusting God's going to do great work with it. Yeah, well, and, and what's so encouraging about that is, is you're taking the lessons the Lord has taught you over the years, and you've taken some of the great mentoring that you've received, and you're paying it forward. Amen. And, 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 and so many times, you know, we, we look at the, the lessons that the Lord has taught us, and, you know, we acknowledge that that you know, they're not of us. And the temptation sometimes is to say, well, you know, I, I, I knew this and I kind of directed this. And, and, you know, sometimes we slip up into that. We slip up into that and, and you know, being able to have a have a, an opportunity to pay that forward and, you know, acknowledge where those good things came from in your life and, and who helped you make some of those good decisions and encouraging others to make good decisions. That's something special that, you know, not everybody has the ability and skill to be able to pull off an event like that. They may do it here and there just through conversation and relationships, but it is special that you have the opportunity to be able to do that. And, and you know, I know you got some good people around you helping to, to pull that event off. You got a world-class facility that that you use up there at Purcell Farms and yeah. uh, it, it's really it's really been fun to hear through David you know some of the stories coming out of the forum and to learn more about it and so and really the encouragement is for folks listening who have a similar story of yours you know had to had to you know learn a trade get really good at that trade but not just the trade itself is the end in mind the, the end in mind is to bless other people through that 
Amen. So other, other people hearing that story right now who can identify with Dwayne, the encouragement is to turn around and, and see where the Lord is working around you and what the Lord's put on your heart and to be able to encourage and lead people towards that. And that's a yeah, special that, thing. Yeah, and I really believe that is what God calls us to. Mm -hmm. And that is what he talks about when he speaks, when Jesus speaks about the life that's truly life, the abundant mm -hmm. life, that it's it's basically living out your purpose on purpose so you can be a blessing to others. And when we do that, that's called ministry. But it, it, when we do that, if we're kind of running our sweet spot, we have this abundant kind of overflow of joy because that's where God's really using us. And we get to see the fruit of that. And uh, yeah, and I'd love to share this verse kind of to end up to finalize. I don't know if we're close to being done, but that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to just share this verse. It's, it's such a powerful verse and it really is kind of one of the main themes of what we do at the heritage forum. And it comes out of one Timothy six, 17 through 19, but it says, command those who are rich in this present world. And by the way, I believe we're all rich. If you know, if you're listening to this, you're rich. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, which I believe it is, but to mm -hmm. put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's so cool that he provides us for everything for our enjoyment. I believe he does that if we're living for him we it's but joy we love you know god blesses this then he says command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share in this way they which is us will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life and i believe when we're doing that not only are we enjoying what God's blessed us with as we give it away. That's the blood, you know, but then we're also storing up treasures for the next, for, for heaven. So there, there's a reward in this that's eternal. That really matters the most. Yeah. And by doing all that, we get to live the true abundant life that God talked about, that Jesus talked about, which is, is really, you know, <clears throat> living life to the full. So I know that's what y'all are about as y'all do which you do at legacy. And, and that's, I love sharing that with people because it's, I'm living it and I just love, love giving it to others. Yeah. There's a, a good word picture that I heard earlier the, uh, today. <clears throat> and it's uh, a story about somebody, they got into one of those carriage rides in Charleston and the guy said, Hey, I'd like to introduce you to, to, you know, Doug and Pete, my two horses, Doug does all the work. Pete's just here for Doug's company and he gets some good exercise and he gets to be blessed by the fact that he gets to, you know, kind of ride around with Doug. And I thought, and, and kind of that work, the person talked about it said, Doug's the one doing all the work. Jesus is the one doing all the work. We're, we're Pete. We just get to go along with him if we stay connected to him. Amen. All the blessings. And if we try to go over here and do our own and, and you know, Pete's too old, he's too weak, whatever it was, but he was just, he was just there to keep the company. And, and, and that's, it's not just what God has for us just to keep him company, but it's a, there's a relationship and there's a connectedness to him. And as we walk through that and, and what that that's clear with the forum is that 
you God just kind of opened the door and you it's not it's a lot of hard work but you've got it you're walking through it and, and blessing people through that opportunity and what was it so that was first Timothy what was the reference again first Timothy yeah, first first Timothy um 6 17 through 19 first Timothy first Timothy's 6 17 through 19 perfect so we'll get we'll get that in the description below but Everybody, thank you for joining us. And in, in Dwayne, Dwayne's in the middle of doing different things, and, and we appreciate his time and join, joining us for this wrap-up session. And, and we, we hope that you're able to connect to the different links in the description and be able to go from there. Dwayne, thank you very much for your time.